Welcome to Whole and Holy, the Bethel Seminary podcast. I'm Dr. Peter Vogt. I'm the Dean of Bethel Seminary, and I'm uh, delighted to introduce my guest today. My guest is Francis Chan. He's the best-selling author of Crazy Love, Forgotten God, and You and Me Forever. Currently, Francis is planting churches in the San Francisco area. Together, Francis and his wife, Lisa, raised their seven children in Northern California. And Francis is also the very first Bethel Seminary Carlson Scholar. Francis, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Well, I want to jump right in. Uh, your work has focused so much on helping people move into a more all-encompassing, authentic walk with God. Why, why is this such an important issue? <laughs> You know, this is one of those things that I think started when I was in high school and I first started reading the Bible and I would read these passages like Matthew 7 and talking about this narrow road and few will find it. And, mm -hmm. and now it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Only he who does the will of my father, who is it? These types of passages and so much of Jesus' teachings it got me very concerned, mm. not in a judgy way. I'm just like in love with my friends, uh, in love with these people that were in the church, but deeply concerned. Like, are you reading the same book I am? Because yeah. Christ wants all of us. He wants, uh, he, he says, I, I don't even want you. You can't even follow me unless you deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. And so I think it began as a real concern, like all these people who quote unquote go to church or call themselves Christians or prayed some prayer, I'm just concerned they they might not really know God. Mm -hmm. They might not even really love him and, and desire to be close to him. And so I think from day one, my concern is, gosh, maybe some of the preaching that was out there was so um almost like placating or trying to mm. just make people happy or get them to believe they're going to heaven or i don't know there was just such a we want people to believe so badly that maybe we didn't tell them the whole truth and mm. um, i sure didn't want them to find that out at the end so i guess that's why i really try to emphasize everything about our Christian walk and, mm -hmm. and making sure this isn't just a, a religion to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would you say are the biggest threats or the challenges to this kind of radical followership or you know, why don't more people pursue it? Well, I think it's, um, it's so normative now. It's just the norm to go to a church, you know, pray a prayer, maybe get baptized and I don't know, go through the motions. And so when you've got 90 something percent of the people content with that, mm. um, and by nature, gosh, I'm this way, I'll take the path of least resistance. I'm always trying to figure out the easy way to get by with anything. Sure. And so it naturally spills into our faith to just almost like, let me do as little as possible. So when that becomes the norm um there are very few people who are willing to i guess uh take a stand mm -hmm. against what's popular and and accepted and, and i think most of us like the easy route too mm. yeah 
Yeah, it occurs to me, I'm I'm an Old Testament scholar, and when I look at the Torah, for example, and how all-encompassing mm-hmm. God's call is to the people yeah. of God to live in a certain way, it, it occurs to me that that's such a sharp disconnect between the way sometimes folks approach it. It's like, you know, Jesus cares about Sunday morning and, you know, Wednesday nights and the occasional retreat. That's that's all. And the rest of our time is ours. And we can, yeah. we can kind of do our own thing. And that's certainly not a biblical perspective uh, from yeah. Old or New Testament in terms of that, this idea that it's it's always, we're 24-7, you know, we're followers. Yeah, no, you, you totally see that in the, you know, Old Testament. It, you know, like he says, woe to those who are complacent mm-hmm. in Zion. And that's a a mindset. It's almost like, well, we're in Jerusalem, we're, 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 the chosen race or whatever. And so we're good. We're fine. Mm-hmm. And, and the prophets are constantly telling people, no, 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 no. Um, just because you're living here or just because you're a part of this race, it doesn't mean you're true Israel, true followers. And I guess it's very much the same way I feel about, you know, the Christian world today. It's yeah. just, this is, this has been God's message from the start. Hmm. Yeah. So what would you say needs to change in church culture if churches are going to more effectively foster this kind of radical, genuine, authentic followership? Yeah, I want to be careful how I say this. Um, But I think sometimes we can become obsessed with keeping people around. Mm. Um, We like numbers. Uh, we like crowds. Um, we like to be non-offensive. Mm-hmm. And gosh, that just, <laughs> Jesus was the opposite of that. Yeah. That's the problem is he, he come up to a new crowd and say, you know, unless you hate your father, mother, wife, kids, even your own life, you can't be my disciple. Well, we're not going to preach that, yeah. you know, because that's too much mm-hmm. or that's offensive. And so then when it comes to sin issues and everything else, we'll avoid certain things, we'll skirt certain things because we're we're afraid of being canceled, we're afraid of being rejected. And so to be honest about what it means to be a follower of Christ and have him as Lord. I mean, I remember this was happening in the 80s when mm-hmm. I got saved. There was that big debate of, and it shouldn't even be a debate of, well, can't I just have him as Savior and not as Lord? Mm. And there were a lot of people that were seriously asking that question and going, well, can't I? And I'm just going, that doesn't make any sense. You're saying you want to be a part of his kingdom without him being king. Like, <laughs> can you let me in your kingdom, but can I be in charge? Like, I don't like this idea of you controlling my life or being Lord of my life, but I do want you to save me from hell. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people just said, oh, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's not grace. And it's like, no, that's not. He's always Lord. He's always King of Kings. Like, he doesn't change. You can't say, you know, can I just have him come in as a friend, but not as a king? Yeah. Um, He doesn't stop being who he is. He's always been the king of kings, lord of lords. And the churches need to be okay with people rejecting him. Um, 
that's going at. Not that it doesn't break our hearts mm-hmm. and not that we're not out there begging people and saying, you need to follow him, but it's truly about following him. And just all we have to do is just read the red letters and everything Jesus says is so direct. Mm. And we just need to be more honest about that. Yeah. Yeah. So be more honest about that. Does that mean, would that be a particular emphasis on, on preaching or it's what I'm hearing you say is it's sort of like a a whole culture shift. And that's what I'm trying trying to get my head around a little bit is, is what would, what would that look like uh, to to do that? Well, I mean, it's, it's not just preachers. It's, uh, it's everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're in such a time where people are, overvaluing feelings Mm -hmm. to where the word of God takes second place. Mm -hmm. And there's times, and it actually, I don't, I don't, I believe it needs to be in the preaching, but I believe it's more in relationships where we're honest with people Mm -hmm. um, telling them when, Hey, this is sinful behavior. I mean, there've been times in my life, ah, and it's been awful, but I'll look at like first Corinthians five and it'll talk about, you know, um, about the immoral brother. And he just talks about uh, expelling. Let me just, let me just read from it. Um, I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who, who bears the name of brother, if he's guilty of sexual morality or greed or an idolater, reviler, drunkard, swindler, not to even eat with such a one, for what have I to do with judging outsiders? It is, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Mm. Um, gosh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. I've looked friends, like good friends, close friends in the eyes and going, look, if you leave your wife, I... I can't even eat with you again mm. um, unless you're willing to deny Jesus. You deny Jesus and then leave your wife. We can be friends. Mm. But according to scripture, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, call yourself a brother, yet continue in on this immorality where I, I can't be I'm I'm beholden to the scriptures and I'm begging you get right with the Lord like mm-hmm. those types of discussions rather than putting your arm around someone go yeah I know mm-hmm. yeah she's terrible and I probably would have leave, left her too you know God's forgiving and it's yeah. like ah come on you guys you've got to value these people more than you value your friendship with them mm-hmm. And sometimes we're so obsessed with remaining friends, even though that's not the most loving thing mm. to say or do for that person. Mm-hmm. So it almost sounds like one part of it, at least, is uh, kind of a reconception of the nature of the church and what it means to be the church, rather than this is the church is a place where people come and be affirmed in their everything they think or feel or believe. It's it's a place where where God is extolled and yeah. uh, and truth is is proclaimed and valued uh, yeah. above all else. Well, and it's it's this it's this uh, 
deep-rooted belief. Like it's got to be inside of you for you to believe, you know what? His commands lead to life. Mm. And so if I love my friends, if I love these people, I'm going to be serious about his commands to them. It's not to destroy them. Mm -hmm. It's to bring them life. Yeah. I mean, I've been following Jesus for 40 years and I love his commands more than ever. And the ones that I've been really faithful to, I'm just seeing the fruit of that. Like, mm -hmm. I want that. And, and, and the disobedience in my life has led to death, mm -hmm. regret. And so if I really believe in these things, then there's a compassionate, loving way to put my arm around someone and say, I understand this is tough, but I am telling you, God doesn't approve of this. And it's not going to lead you to life. And it came so that we can have life. But that's what these commands are for. Mm -hmm. And because I love you, I'm telling you, come under his lordship. It's the same thing from the very beginning mm -hmm. of Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. I know things will look pleasing to the eye. But the point is, it leads to separation from God. Mm -hmm. It'll create a distancing between you and him. I know it's appealing to the eye and, and, and it's going to taste good. And you're going to ask yourself, well, did God really say? And you'll find teachers to tell you, well, it's questionable, you know, like, but you, you've got to know you're wanting that to be true. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just loving warning and it, it takes some boldness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it occurs to me, you talk about the commandments. I'm thinking of Psalm 119, where it talks about, um, I, I walk about in freedom because I obey your precepts. And we're used mm -hmm. to thinking of law instruction that God gives as um, this burdensome sort of a thing, but it's to yeah. to bring about freedom. It's to bring about life, as you as you yeah. said, not, not yeah. bondage, not... Yeah. I, like I tell people, I used to live on this cliff uh, it's like a thousand foot cliff that, you know, falls into the ocean or, you know, you'd hit some rocks first, but, uh, you know, and it's in like the foggiest city in America, daily city. And, but I tell you, I let my kids roam free in the backyard because I built a fence <laughs> and it's a good fence, you know, right. without that fence, I'd never let them in the backyard, mm. you know? It's like, go, be free, have fun. Just yeah. don't have that fence, you know, or you're dead. But it's that same idea of it was a good thing. And these commands are good. And there's yeah. so much room and pleasure and freedom within those boundaries. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And I think you know, we, we forget sometimes that God is the creator gives us and father i mean he gives us these instructions yeah for our good because he loves us and because he knows us we he yeah. knows better than we do what what is best for us and i we substitute our judgment so often for for god's and say we know well we know better we know yeah. we know what's gonna be best for us in this situation it's incredible yeah. amen <laughs> yeah. yeah we just have to bring back that life and joy i mean that's the thing like at my my wife and I were going to celebrate 30 years this year, you know, seven kids, four grandkids. Um, 
And at our 25-year anniversary, she looks at me at dinner and goes, do you know anyone happier than us? Mm. Because that is like the greatest question to hear from your wife at your 25-year anniversary. Yes. And for me to say, honestly, I don't know of anyone. And for her to answer, I keep thinking I'm going to meet someone more blessed than we are. And I haven't found them yet. And I go, I'm with you. Like, I'm not telling you these horrible restrictions and, you know, oh, it's so rough having Christ as Lord. <laughs> um, it really leads to life. And, and that, and that's not just the good times. It's, it's everything, all the pain and heartache we've been through, um, good times, bad times, but ultimately, I'm so full, I'm mm. so full. And I think that's all we're talking about is when right. people listening to go, it's like having a great meal at a restaurant. You want to tell everyone about it. And I'm like, his commands are awesome. His picture of family is awesome. It's odd. Oh, it just... Everything is so good. He is so good. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Well, I want to shift our our focus a little bit to some things um, that folks can do to uh, kind of make that shift in culture. I want to pause for a minute. We're going to hear a little bit of uh, information about Bethel Seminary. Our world is in desperate need of spiritual leadership. Men and women who will sing along with the Apostle Paul and sing, Follow me as I follow Christ. For over 150 years, Bethel Seminary has been equipping whole and holy leaders to advance the gospel from a biblically sound foundation. That's why we've launched Seminary for Everyone. Online courses that are available throughout the year on a variety of topics, whether you're motivated to study for credit or simply for curiosity. For those who sense a call to vocational ministry, we have seven degree programs at the master's or doctoral level. All of these programs are designed to equip you not only with a strong theological foundation, but personal character and leadership development as well. At Bethel, we care about who you are and who you are becoming. Both online and in person, we cultivate environments with a strong sense of purpose and belonging. You will feel empowered both by your fellow students and by faculty who care about you and who God is calling you to be. You belong at Bethel Seminary. You belong at Bethel Seminary. You belong at Bethel Seminary, where you will become equipped for your part in God's mission. Okay, we're back and we've been talking about kind of this church culture and what needs to change. Um, I want to just shift a little bit to kind of that practical side of thing. Do you have advice for our listeners, many of whom are pastors and, and church leaders? What advice might you have for them? How can they, in kind of practical ways, begin to foster this church culture that leads yeah. to this kind of authenticity? That's a great question, you know, and, and I think most people, myself included, you know, we, we can kind of dream big and mm -hmm. say, well, the church needs to do this. Or maybe I can change the church. And, and I would encourage people like, don't think like that so much. First, look at yourself mm -hmm. um, and, and go, what? Because you're probably not going to change the church. Mm -hmm. But no one's stopping you from deep discipleship. Mm -hmm. No one's stopping you from living a life that 
is clearly sold out for Christ. No one stops you from getting up early on your face in the presence of God, in his work, just adoring him. Mm. And, and no one stops you from going out and sharing the gospel and being rejected. No one stops you from selling your possessions and giving them to people that you know that are right in front of you. No mm. one's stopping you from downsizing, selling some of your possessions. I don't need all this stuff. And, and, and then living that lifestyle in front of people. Mm. Uh, not to be showy, but I'm just saying, let's quit being so private. Mm. Uh, our, when I look back at life right now, our greatest... Um, I don't know what you want to call it, triumphs, you know, victories, excitement. It's in the lives of the people who actually lived with us. Hmm. You know, Lisa and I have always had our house open. Uh, a couple of gals living there right now. You know, it's just, there's always people coming through and living with us and seeing our lives. And, and that's very important to me because someone did that for me when I was 18. Hmm. I've never seen a Christian family um and not people who live by faith and so it's as simple as hey live it out live by faith live that kind of life and then open your life up to other people hmm. um don't don't buy into all this privacy stuff um our kids have tons of aunts and uncles now and hmm. brothers and sisters that have lived with us and they truly consider them family. And I think even our children, I, I'm certainly not the best at like instruction as far as, hey guys, family, sit down, let's walk through the Bible together. Let's, and I I, I love it when guys are good at that. I'm not, never have been, mm -hmm. um, but I have lived it out, you know, in mm -hmm. front of my kids. And they're on fire right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, you know, as a grandpa going, ah, I am blown away. But I think it's it's a little less talk and a lot more action. You know, mm -hmm. just, um, just be you. Follow God wholeheartedly and then disciple people by letting them in on your life. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's fantastic. I think I wonder if some folks are listening to that and thinking, well, I wanted a I wanted a five-step plan of I'm gonna do this, 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 and this. And yeah, that's gonna to lead to that. But it's I think that's yeah. right. You know, the issue yeah. caught rather than taught in some yeah. I mean, you've seen it, you know, there's certain people in our lives, you don't even have to spend a lot of time with them. You can just tell, whoa, that person has the joy of the Lord, that person will give anything up for the Lord. Um I mean, one of those people in my life is, I don't know if you know, Johnny Erickson Tata. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. I don't know her personally. I know who she is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't spend five minutes with her without just being convicted. <laughs> um, but just having a role model and going, gosh, you're always worshiping him. And mm. she's been a quadriplegic for 55 years. Mm. And to be the most joyful spirit filled person, you know, and to be able to just spend some time. She doesn't sit me down and teach me lessons. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have to mm. watching her interact with people. And, 
She's writing letters to me when she has pneumonia, cancer, as a quadriplegic, in tremendous pain. And she writes a note to encourage me. I'm going, wow. okay, I don't encourage anyone when I have a cold. You know, like, this is awesome. Like, yeah. it's, it's, we need examples of people like that, just so full of joy amidst tragedy, but love the word of God mm. and believe it leads to life. Mm. Wow, that's that's fantastic. What, so as people want to explore this more, what resources might you recommend for people who want to know more about how to move into this kind of authentic faith? Are there particular mm. books or, or resources you mentioned, you know, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, there. There have been some books that have been helpful, I think, of, you know, on the foundational level, you know, Attributes of God by A.W. Tozer. Um, you know, if it's more devotional or just this walk with Jesus, deep walk with him, I would say Brother Lawrence, mm. Practicing the Presence, um, Henry Nouwen, uh, The Way of the Heart, Um Gosh, I recently read uh, Gentle and Lowly um, by Dane Ortland. That was really good. Mm. Um, but, you know, for me, it's been examples. It's been people uh, like uh, Hebrews 13, I believe it's seven. It says, you know, remember your leaders. Uh, and it says, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Mm. Um, so there's something about finding those people mm -hmm. that have that uh, faith where you consider the outcome of their way of life. Mm -hmm. So not, you know, just your 18 year old friend, you know, who was on fire this week, but you, you are to look at the leaders and the older people who are still living by faith and consider what have they done Mm -hmm. What was their life like? You may not be able to, you know, necessarily be their disciple or move mm -hmm. into their home, but learn everything you can from those people. Sometimes we just we just learn from people who have good sayings mm -hmm. or are very intelligent or wrote something clever or are good preachers. Mm -hmm. and yeah, we can learn stuff from anyone, but there's something about what he says in Hebrews to consider the outcome of their way of life hmm. and imitate their faith. Uh, there's a lot of great teachers who don't live by faith. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we got to be careful of who we imitate. Otherwise we can just be attracted to someone's gifting. Mm -hmm. And it's no different from the world. Yeah. Uh, we've got to look at the lifestyle and go, wow. Like, like one of the couples we, respect so much Irene and Domingo no one will know them you know he's a mechanic she's a hairdresser um they're in their 60s and they a few years ago adopted 10 kids out of the foster system wow 10 that's incredible in their 60s <laughs> and it is hard and they've had foster kids their whole lives that they've adopted tragic stories most you know many of them not walking with the lord and and yet they keep going they keep doing it and i need to see people like that in my life mm. um, 
And so it's not necessarily looking for these big name people, um, but just finding those godly older men and women that I'm just so grateful for. I, I think of even right now, uh, you know, Lauren Cunningham, who started YWAM 60 something years ago. Mm -hmm. It's in his last days. And um, just faithfulness looking at he and his wife, Dara. Forget it's been 60 something years that they have been leading youth with a mission. And, and it's like, I want to know everything he's saying at the end of his life. I, you know, the first time I met them, I, I was in Kona and I'm like, honey, I need to fly you out here. We need to meet with these guys. This is who I want to be when we are older. You know, it's rare to be able to say that. And so I would encourage anyone listening, if you know, someone like that, make every effort to, you know, watch everything that they've, you know, if it's online or whatever, mm -hmm. um, look for the example mm -hmm. and not just the gifting. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, as I look at the clock, I realize our time is almost up. Uh, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with? Any last uh, thoughts or advice or just yeah. uh, exhortation for, for our listeners? This has been fantastic. Oh, thanks. I, you know, I would say two things that are big in my life. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, until you understand who you are in relation to this holy God that you can't even look at right now in your flesh or you would die because he dwells in unapproachable light and is surrounded by these heavenly beings praising him and is determining whether you are living another day. So you understand that gap, uh, forget everything else, understand the fear of the Lord. Mm. And then once you get there, then you begin to understand, wow, he's a God of grace. Uh, Hebrews 4, and we can with confidence approach his throne of grace. Mm -hmm. to find mercy and to receive grace in our time of need. Uh, you That's got to come from inside, though. Mm -hmm. You can't just wait till someone teaches you enough and then you kind of get in your head. There's got to be something inside of you that longs for him and wants to know the truth about him. Like Philippians 2 says, it's, it's he who works in you both to will and to work. Mm -hmm. So... Hopefully that's in you and you go, you know what? I want to understand this God more and I want to know him more. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I pray that that's, that's really in you because no one can talk you into these things. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, Francis, thank you so much for taking the time and being a part of this episode. It's been just a, a great conversation and I'm, I'm sure our listeners are, are blessed by that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Whole and Holy, the Bethel Seminary podcast. If you have comments or feedback on this or any other episode, or you have suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to email us at whole-and-holy at bethel.edu. Once again, that's whole-and-holy at bethel.edu. Again, thanks for listening and God bless you. Thank you for listening to Whole and Holy. This podcast is a production of Bethel Seminary in collaboration with Bethel University's Office of Church Relations. Please share your feedback with us, including ideas you'd like to see in future episodes, by emailing us at wholeandholy at bethel.edu. Once again, 
That address is wholeandholy at Bethel.edu. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.